0: Um, Because I I just, man, I I appreciate you guys' sacrifice, those of you that have served. It, It is... Um, it is almost beyond my, my comprehension And, and uh, I'm just honored to know some of you all And to be doing life with you all If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Evan I get the honor of pastoring here um, And it truly is an honor It's just amazing to see all that God's doing here And, and, and I'm, I'm amazed every week at what God is doing And So today we're going to jump right into uh, the scriptures for today Over the last several weeks we've been talking about Uh, this thing called currency converters and how God has designed us to convert currency into different things. And so God has designed some people to convert currency into love. And so they see money as a way to express love and receive love. Some people, they convert currency into success. So the more money they have, the nicer things they have, the more they feel successful. Some people convert currency into security, meaning as long as I know I have enough money for tomorrow, then I know tomorrow will be okay. And today, we're gonna talk about people who convert currency into connection. Now, now we are created to be social beings. We are created to need connection and desire connection. Over the last 10 years, that has drastically changed in what that looks like. Like when I was growing up, there was no Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, there was none of that stuff. And so like if you wanted to know somebody, you actually had to go outside. You had to go to the front porch, you had to go to the front yard, you had to go to the cul-de-sac, and you had to actually talk to people face-to-face. I know some of the younger people are like, you're starting to break out and get hot and sweaty and break out in hide you're like, whoa, I don't know about that. I don't know. That's that's a little weird. That's a, I, but that's how we had to do it. Like if you wanted to meet some a girl, for example, you had to like go up to them and put yourself out there and introduce yourself and do all these things. Now, over the last 10 years, like you, you really don't have to do all that now. Now we have Facebook, we have Instagram. We have Twitter, we have all these things. Um, there are 321 million Twitter users. 321 million Twitter users. This this blows me away. There are 2.7 billion um, people who use Facebook or their other apps. So the WhatsApp app and or not WhatsApp app, WhatsApp, Instagram or Messenger. And here's what's amazing about that. 2.1 billion of those people use those apps every single day. Every single day, 2.1 billion. Um, I I heard this podcast recently about one of the co-founders of Tinder. Now, I don't know anything about Tinder because by the time Tinder came out, I was already married. And if you don't know about Tinder, Tinder is a dating app. And so um, I I had to do a little research to to be able to tell you all about this. But uh, apparently, Tinder has 50 million users now, 50 million people that are saying, I'm going to go on this app, I'm going to download it so that hopefully I can meet someone and connect with them and have a relationship with them. 50 million people. I couldn't even imagine this. When these things came out when I when I was like when I was growing up and, and these things came out, it was like like you were looked down upon if you went on the internet to find somebody. Like you were like you were desperate. You were I'm just going to leave it right there because I'm going to dig myself a hole that I'm not going to be able to get out of. But now 50 million people are on Tinder. And this, there was this, um, one of the co-founders, her name was Whitney Wolf, and, and she co-founded uh, 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 Tinder. And she she went and she like actually went to SMU and recruited all these college students. was like, hey, listen, I know it's difficult for you to go talk to these females and they might reject you. You download this app. There's a bunch of females. They're waiting on you there. And you can, you can do it uh, virtually and you don't have to have this embarrassment and they were like cool and they signed up and then she went to the sororities and like hey there's all these guys that are looking for you you need to download this app and so they did that and 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 it blew up and and it was tinder was created but then there was like a long story which we don't have time to talk about and and she um no longer was with Tinder and and she had this idea that she wanted to uh create a, an app a connection space where people could go on but they couldn't do all the negativity they couldn't talk bad about each other they had to be positive and all this and it actually came with this app I'd never heard of this app called Bumble I don't know I don't know if you But anyways, um, Bumble has 40 million users on it. 40 million users. And Bumble, she actually flipped this and she was like, okay, so the females have to initiate the connection. And we're like, whoa, like I don't know about this in our culture, right? The females initiate it, and then the guys are there on the receptive end. And this has actually blown up as well. And all these people, and why are these things blowing up? Why are people, 50 million people on Tinder and 40 million people on this Bumble? Why why are people doing this? Because we are hardwired to need and desire connection. The Bible says it this way, that the greatest commandment, Jesus said, is to love God, to be connected with God, with everything that you have. But then Jesus added a second to it, which they weren't asking him the top two. They were only asking him the top one. And he said the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Because why? Because God has designed us to connect to him and to connect with each other. So today we're going to look at those that convert currency into connection. Go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, I'm going to uh, read to you uh, a story in Acts chapter 8 that has been fascinating to me, Um, but recently especially, this has really, really, really been interesting to me. So so in Acts chapter 8, I'm going to begin in verse 9. It says, but there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. So here's this Simon, the magician, and he was amazing people with his magic. I mean, apparently his magic was pretty good. It was pretty amazing. So these people, they were amazed by, by this guy and his magic. And what I love about this, is, it's so interesting, is he was saying he was somebody great. <laughs> I, I love this because it just shines the light on um, so many in our society, in our culture now. And we want to like, we, like, we shine the light and say that we are great. I'm I'm really struggling with some of the social media things now. Not not in a space where like, oh no, we shouldn't be on it because that's where people are. 2.7 billion people are on Facebook. And those apps. Like that 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 that, that's where people are. That's where. But what we do is we shine this light, say, hey, look, I am great. I am great. One of the things you may have heard me talk about, even with our church, like, like churches will post these things. And, and I understand what they're doing. They're trying to celebrate what God is doing in their churches. But many times it just feels like what they're doing is saying, look at, look at how great I am. Look at how great this, I, this pastor is. Look at how great this worship leader is. Like, look, look at how great we are. And I, I got to tell you this. You have to be very careful when you start pointing the finger at yourself, talking about how great you are. You need, to be, you need to be very, very cautious of that because, listen, God has made you great. He has made you amazing. He's made you unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But it's so much better when somebody else says that. Rather than when you're standing up like, man, look how great I am, look how great I am, look how great I am. We need to have a healthy confidence, but when we get to the place where we're saying, like, look at me, look how great I am. I'm telling you, that's a dangerous place to be, and it can quickly lead to being a sinful place. Verse 10, it says, They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. Now here you have this magician. Clearly he was doing amazing things. The people were amazed at him. He was saying he was great and the people were agreeing with him. The people were not only saying that he was great, they were saying that this must be the power of God that is making him great. Let me read to you in Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, something that Paul wrote to the Galatians. He says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now you have to go back and look at what he was talking about there to the Galatians but here these people are deceived these people are seeing things that are happening these magic tricks if you will these maybe even powerful magic tricks and this guy said I'm saying I am great look at all that I've done and these people are amazed and they are saying you are great this must be from the power of God but they're looking at this man they're not they're not they're not being pointed back to Jesus they're being pointed back to Simon. Simon's saying not hey, look, Jesus and doing these things and he cuz he wasn't using the power of God. And he wasn't saying, now worship Jesus. He's saying, look at what I did. I am great. Looking at a man or even to a man instead of Jesus is fatally dangerous. Following a man should only be done as that man follows Christ. And if that man is not or woman is following Christ, then we should not be following that man or that woman. They're still magicians. They're still false prophets and false teachers. And and they're, they're leading people away from Jesus. And some of that is overt, but some of it is very covert. Some of it is not so much about don't follow Jesus. It's more about follow me. Look how great I am. Look at what I can do. Maybe even these powerful things that you're seeing me doing. But the power that comes from God will never point you back to a man or a woman. The power that comes from God will always point you back to Jesus. Every single time without fail. Without exception. And any time we begin worshiping a man or even the power that seemingly comes from a man... We've missed it. We've missed it. Because here's what we got to remember. And I know you guys know this. And I know you guys are, you, you, you love Jesus and you're so connected with him that none of this is ever an issue with you. But you got to remember that even Satan used God's word to tempt Adam and Jesus. Even Satan used the word. To tempt them. You got to remember that even in the story of Moses, when God was using Moses to do all those things and 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 turn turn the water into blood and all those things, that there were magicians there that were able to do many of those miracles as well. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, it says the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs. And wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Even the Antichrist, when the Antichrist is here, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 13 um, that he will have a fatal wound, but he will be healed. And so, and so what happens is if you start chasing signs and wonders, Satan will oblige you. Those signs and wonders, they, they can come through, through avenues other than the power of God. But what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, is, is: he said, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and they will drink any deadly poison. It will not hurt them, and they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. But look at this first part. And these signs will accompany those who will believe. These signs will follow. Signs and wonders will follow the believer. The believer doesn't follow signs and wonders. See, when you get this this out of order, when you get this mixed up, Satan will oblige. There's a a church in Atlanta, I just read this this week, that this church hired a medium on their staff. Because they got this mixed up. They're looking at maybe signs and wonders or, 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 or whatever it may be. I don't know much about what this medium d- does or doesn't do or what. I don't know. I don't know. But, but they've got this mixed up. They've got this backwards. And if you go looking for power and signs and wonders instead of Jesus, I promise you, you will get off. In verse 12, it says, but when they believed Philip. Now, Philip, here we're going to find out what Philip did. Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now, you couldn't be baptized until you actually confessed and believed. So here, these people, they saw this magician. They were amazed. They said he was great. It must be the power of God. Philip comes and actually gives them Jesus and points them back to Jesus, not to himself. The people believed, and they got baptized. Why? Because the power of God is always greater than the powers of this world, than magic tricks, than any signs and wonders. The power of God, the power of the gospel, the power of the kingdom is always greater than the amazement of the magic. Every single time. In verse 14, it says, now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to him Peter and John. Now, this is, this is amazing. We don't have time to get into a lot of this. But, but they recognized that there were now new believers. And so now those new believers needed to be discipled. There's some you got to go this week and read this and, and pray through this and study it for yourself because there's so much in this. Because so many times what we do is we celebrate the, the people who give their lives to Christ, and we should. All of heaven celebrates that, but then nobody disciples them. I can't tell you how many Christians I've met, and I say, how many? have you ever been discipled? And they're like, no. I, I'm not saying this is like a, a, a real stat. I'm just saying the ones I've met 85 to 90% of the Christians I've talked to and met and asked this question have said, no, they have not been discipled. Now, the ones, some of the ones I'm putting in that category that, that, that haven't been discipled are some that say they have, but they haven't. Like, I asked this on Facebook a few weeks ago, and one guy I know, he said, he said yeah, I've been discipled. Um, when I was going to this church, we didn't show up for two weeks, and somebody came and gave us a ride to church. Like, that's awesome. That's amazing. Praise God. That is not discipleship. Right? Like that's not, that's, not, that's not the same. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who can come and teach you the word of God and point you back to Jesus and show you how to actually live this out and help you and walk alongside you. And, and be and really what we say is empower you to follow Jesus. And so here um, they find out that there's these new believers. And so they send Peter and John. And in verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now here, let me say this. Once you give your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The scripture bears that out. But what's happening here is these people have given their lives to Christ because they got baptized. And we know that at this time they would not have baptized them if they had not confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. So they confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. They got baptized, but they didn't have here what, what, what we're here reading about as the Holy Spirit. Now, they had the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit upon them. And so Peter and John are coming to pray for them and, and help them. And pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not fallen on any of them yet. The Holy Spirit was in them but not upon them yet. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's available to all who believe. The only prerequisite for receiving the Holy Spirit upon you is to believe. The moment that you believe, the Holy Spirit's in you. But then you qualify to have the Holy Spirit upon you. And that's what's happening here. They they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, saying, give me this power. No, 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 verse 18, sorry. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So here, Simon, this magician, he, he sees this, and he's like, whoa, whoa. I want to connect to that. I want, I want that. I want to be able to use that. Now, what we don't read is that he wanted the Holy Spirit for himself. He wanted the Holy Spirit to use the Holy Spirit. He, he, he was a magician that clearly had a, a, a great following. And he's like, whoa, whoa, this is better. What is this going to cost me for me to be able to have this so I can do that, so I can grow, so I can do whatever it is that he wanted, whatever his aspirations were? And what is this? He's he's converting currency into connection. He's saying, okay, I have money. I can use my money to connect to this Holy Spirit. And and, and I'm okay with that. And I want to do that. I'm willing to exchange what I have for what they have if it will give me what they have. And so let's talk a little bit about people that convert currency into connection. People that convert currency into connection use money to connect either to God, to other people. This might look like status or even acceptance. And many times they'll use money to even connect to themselves and their self-worth and their value. So when we're talking about connecting to God, you know, um, they can become uh, a very legalistic if you will, about I have to give a certain amount of money. If I don't give this amount of money, then God's not going to love me. I'm not going to be accepted. I'm, if I don't give up everything that I have and live poor and live without anything, then I'm not a true believer. And they, they, they convert currency into connection, and they feel like they have to give their currency to connect. Other people, or maybe even in another instance, they they feel like they need to connect with other people through their currency. Now this looks similar to, if you remember a few weeks ago when we talked about people who convert currency into love. It's similar to this, but it's not as much about showing love as it is about getting acceptance. And so I'll give up what I have, I'll give, I'll pay for, I'll buy if it means that you will accept me. And then some even from their self-worth and and their value, and we're going to talk about that. Um, People who convert currency into connection, they use money as a way to make connections not just with people or with God, but also with things or with places. Um, They see money as an opportunity for themselves and others. It's it's almost strictly an opportunity, and how can they use that opportunity to connect in a healthy way, they see money as a way to build and strengthen relationships. Um, their calendars are often full of lunches or parties or, or meetings, and they're, they're looking for ways to connect with other people or connect to God or even connect with themselves. And they say, I love you by buying, showing, and sharing. <clears throat> so we read verse 20. It says, But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Peter's saying here, look, (laughs) keep your money. You you and your money can go somewhere else. Because you cannot purchase the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not for sale. You're trying to exchange your currency for this connection to the Holy Spirit, but you're using the wrong, you're using the wrong, you're using the wrong exchange method. You're using the wrong medium, if you will. You're, 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 you're trying to trade something for something else, but that's not, that's not the deal. That's not the option. See, money can't buy that. But, but people who convert currency into connection, they, they believe that money can buy anything. That they believe money can connect any, any kind of way with any type of thing. But here, what we know is it's only our faith that can be exchanged for the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit is a gift that's given to us because we believe. And so we don't owe anything for the Holy Spirit we don't owe any money we don't we don't owe even any righteous acts we just owe our faith and our faith as long as we keep our faith in Christ and in God and in the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit then that will direct our actions that will that will help us to become more holy that will allow us to receive the Holy Spirit not just in us but upon us to strengthen us and empower us to be more like Christ and to live more like Christ. So here it's saying like you cannot purchase this. It's not for sale. In verse 21 it says, You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Your heart is not right. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Here we recognize and we see that there are dangers. There are dangers in connecting currency, converting currency into connection, especially when it comes to God. And getting in this bondage that that you have to live this life of poverty or you have to give at a certain degree or certain level to, to receive any acceptance from God. There's dangers in this. Now, it's not all bad. Much of what we've talked about even up to this point, some of us need to apply, Some of our resources, some of our currency should be used to connect with other people, not to gain acceptance or self-worth or any of those things, but we should love other people to the point where I am willing to buy you lunch if I can hear your story, if I can sit down, if I can find out how I can better pray for you, if I can find out how I can better empower you to follow Jesus. I'm willing to give some of my currency for that. That is a good investment. It is worth it to me to show you love and to show you that I want to connect with you and open up the opportunity to connect with you. I am willing to give some currency for that. That's a good investment. But there are some dangers. Let me give you five, five of the dangers. These are not all the dangers, but let me give you five. Number one, converting currency into connection can lead to trying to use money for acceptance. And we talked about this a little bit. But people who convert currency into connection, they have a tendency to try to use money for acceptance. They try to keep up with the Joneses to be accepted by the Joneses. <laughs> but what you've got to realize is the acceptance that you need comes from God and not money or other people. The acceptance that you really need, and I don't mean that in your head but down in your heart, in your spirit, what you're really looking for doesn't come from money, it doesn't come from other people, it comes strictly and solely from God. Just like here, you cannot purchase the Holy Spirit, you cannot purchase your forgiveness, you cannot purchase your redemption or your restoration, you cannot purchase your salvation and you don't need to because the good news is you don't have enough money to do that anyway because there's not enough money in the world. Cause God doesn't really care about all that when it comes to your salvation. Cause guess who created all these little paper slips that we call money? What, what does that mean when we get to heaven? Are, are you going to be able to bring a stack of hundred dollar bills when you go to heaven? Like, like what? when you get to heaven, you're be like, God, I'm sure glad I saved that hundred grand. Like like no, it's not. Like you don't get to heaven and God be like, all right, it's a hundred grand just to be able to purchase a ticket. Listen, listen, even with people, long-term, people don't really care what you have. They really don't. <laughs> they really don't. They care what they have, but they don't really care what you have. Not, not really. And if they do care, it's not positive. <laughs> it's not. Don't spend money that you don't have. To buy things that you don't need. To impress people who don't care. Listen, listen. If you go buy a Mercedes, I'm going to say, praise God. Man, that's awesome. I pray you Pay cash for it and you don't have a, a large note on that. Praise God. I pray that it doesn't break down and it gets you from A to Z. And you're able to give to every homeless person that you see. Praise God. Uh, praise God. And then you know what? I'm going to go get in my... What do I have? I don't even know it. Equinox. I got an Equinox. I'm going to go get my Equinox, and honestly, I'm going to forget about your Mercedes. And then when you drive up next week, and I'm going to be like, oh, man, that's awesome. God bless them with a Mercedes. And I'm going to park my Equinox, and I'm not going to think again about your Mercedes. And I'm one of the nice guys. (laughs) Like, 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 listen, listen. Don't buy a Mercedes for me or the person sitting next to you, unless they're your spouse and like that, you know. But don't, don't buy the impress. because listen, listen, listen. I tell people all the time, this may be difficult, but people don't really care. They're not thinking about you. They love you, but they're, most of us, Are consumed with what's going on in our lives. Don't buy things that you don't need with money that you don't have to impress people that don't care. Number two, converting currency into connection can lead you to derive your self worth through acceptance you try to buy. You get your self-worth through this. Maybe you feel worthy if you know so-and-so. Maybe you feel more worthy if you can take that dream vacation. Maybe you feel more worthy if you can wear the best Jordans, which are the 1989 Jordans, by the way. (laughs) Just in case there was any confusion there. And all you young folks that started giving those Jordans new names, that's not what those Jordans are called. And when they came out, they just had a year. 1988 Jordans, 1999 Jordans, 19... 2000, like that, that's what they were called, they, all this foolishness. I don't, Minister Angelo tries to tell me stuff now, and I'm like, I don't even know. What year were they made? Oh, yeah, I know those because that's what they were called. I actually played basketball in those. I, they're not, but anyways. Or maybe it's carrying the the newest or best Louis Vuitton. Like you feel more worthy because you you have that. But we've talked about this, but your self-worth does not come from these things. It comes from Jesus. Specifically the price that he paid to be with you. And he paid the ultimate price so that he would never have to leave you and never have to be apart from you and never have to turn his back on you. He is always with you because he loves you that much. And he paid the price that you could not pay. Number three, converting currency into connection can become a way to deal with pain and anxiety. That that term, retail therapy, that's real. That is real. And I'm praying it's not just a feminine thing because I I struggle with that sometimes. (laughs) My wife, if things aren't going good, she knows, like, okay, make sure he's praying. Okay, he's praying. Now, he needs to see some water. I don't just need to, not, not like faucet water, but like a beach or a lake or a creek or something like i need to see some water and if that don't work like let him let him go to the outlet just give him like hundred dollars and just let him go to the outlet and i might not even buy anything but it just 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 let me just uh, it, that that's real but we are to cast our cares on the lord for it's the lord that cares for us It's the Lord who gives us the the relief from the pain and the anxiety. It's not anything that money can buy. Number four, got to finish this quickly. Converting currency into connection can lead you into becoming wasteful. You can be wasteful. If you foolishly or excessively spend money for connections, that can lead you to poor financial decisions and long-term damage to your finances. Maybe you're, you're going to extravagant lunches. You're, you're taking extravagant trips or vacations. I know I've been in situations where, like, I'm, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to go and I'm going to connect with somebody. And then all of a sudden they want to go to, like, Ruth Chris. And I'm like, I was thinking, like, uh, Panera Bread. uh, And then I'm, like, texting my wife, like, hey, honey, um, I can't seem cheap. Uh, Cut back on the groceries this month. (laughs) Get some ramen noodles. The kids need to learn about ramen noodles anyway. (laughs) No, no, no. All right, number five, number five. Converting currency into connection can deceive you into thinking it is money that gives you the connections that you need. It's money that gives you those connections. God is the giver of every good gift. It's God who connects us to himself and to others and to our purpose and everything that we could ever want or imagine. Now people who convert currency into connection, they also have some positives that, that we can learn from, uh, things about God. They reveal how much God loves us. They reveal how God has planned and fought and desired that we would all be connected to him and connected to each other. People who convert currency into connection, they reveal some of how God uses this and that to bring us to here and there and, and connect us in so many different ways. They help us to see that God values our relationships, not just with Him, but with other people. And 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 man, I, I got to close with this really quickly. Ecclesiastes chapter four. Um, I'd encourage you to read verses four through eight. But in verse eight, it says one person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to it, all his toil, and his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. No matter which category you may find yourself in, and if you're like me, you've probably found yourselves in many of these categories, in how you view money and how you convert currency. I wanna challenge you to evaluate your heart, when it comes to money in this Ecclesiastes 4, ask yourself this question, Who am I working for? Who am I spending for? Who am I saving for? Who am I planning for? Who am I investing for? And honestly answer those questions even, even deeper than the surface level. Make sure your priorities, especially when it comes to money, are in line with God's. And then Tap into the strengths of how you convert currency. Tap into those strengths. Don't think that this is a bad thing, but also make sure that you are intentional about combating the dangers of how you convert currency. And if you will do that, man, God will be able to open up the floodgates He'll be able to trust you with more. You'll be able to be a better steward with what God has given you so that he can give you more so that he can get more through you. And man, that's good news. That's good news because it it means that you move past being concerned with how you're gonna make your payments. You move past being concerned with how you're gonna eat and you move into this place Of God, how are you going to use me to bless other people? God, who do you want me to give to today? God, how do you want me to use what you've given me to advance your kingdom? God, what miracle are you going to do in somebody's life today? How are you going to use me to brighten up somebody else's day? How are you going to use me today to point somebody back to Jesus? And man, that's a whole different place to be. What we have not talked about yet in this series is how do you actually convert what you have into currency? How do you you actually generate income in a kingdom way? Next week, Lord willing, that's what we're going to dive into. And it's going to be so good. So not only next week do you need to come back, but you need to bring somebody with you because there's people that need to hear what God is going to say next week about how we actually get the currency to convert it into however God's designed us to convert it. Because some of us are like, I want to love more with my finances. I just don't have any. I just don't have enough finances to love with. <laughs> I, I want to be a good steward of what God has given me, but 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 I'm I, I'm at a point where I don't know I don't know where that next meal's coming from. <laughs> I, I, I I want to not just be successful for myself, but be successful in being able to leave an inheritance for my children's children. But God, I'm not there yet, and I. I I need a little guidance on how to get there. If you need that guidance, if you want to know how to increase this next week, I'm telling you, it's going to be so good of what God is going to tell us. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.